The message you are about to listen to is from the Household of David Mercy Conference 2023, themed Light. As you listen, the entrance of God's Word will bring light and understanding to you. Be blessed. <laughs> All the way from Leicester, United Kingdom, let's welcome Pastor Dele Ashimaki Dele. I asked up in the morning because I wanted to appreciate you for the beans again. She was the one that used to cook for me when I was in university. And um, I still remember. I don't forget such things. Amen. It's my cousin here, Ibukun. Is Ibukun here by chance? Is she around? Okay. I, I thought she would be around. Shall we lift up our hands and let's glorify Jesus this evening? Let's give him praise. Let's give him honor. <coughs> let's give him adoration. And blessed be God. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. So for the next about 40 minutes, let me just go again. Matthew 1.17. Let's begin from there. <clears throat> Matthew 1.17. New King James Version. Can we all read together? I want to go, everyone. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David until captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from captivity in Babylon until Christ are 14 generations. Like I said in the morning, that is a summary of the entire dealings of God with mankind. So that means if God, <clears throat> excuse my voice please, if God wants to start something significant with you, the way God starts is to implant into your spirit the seed of Abraham. Because what, let's <clears throat> gonna have water please. Because what Matthew did here is to summarize the entire genealogy of Jesus Christ for us and it made us to understand that in that genealogy, the beginning point was Abraham. And, and the next significant human being after Abraham was who? David. Then of course, there was another point there, Babylon, and eventually Christ. Somebody say Abraham, David, Babylon and Christ. So that means God will give you an opportunity to manifest Abraham in you. And we dealt with that extensively in the morning. And that is your faith work. That is your faith project. But, but, but that is not enough. At some point also, you must become a man after God's heart. The problem with a lot of people is that they've gotten the Abraham side right. But when it comes to the David side, they've not been able to put that in place. So God will challenge you to Abrahamize. And one of the things I didn't say in the morning about Abraham is this. 
not only will you walk by faith, not only would you be the father of nations, when Abraham got to Abimelech, God also introduced to us another aspect of Abraham that's very, very important. God told Abimelech that this man is a prophet. So that means in Abraham too, you can't just afford to belong to a church like this without knowing what your ministry is. And if God is the one testifying that Abraham was a prophet, then you better pay attention because that's the definition of what the prophetic is all about. God told Abimelech, he said, this man is a prophet. So ask your neighbor this evening, especially those of us who are members of this house, that you've been coming here. I want you to ask the person, what office has God called you into? Because everyone is called. Can you ask that person? At least for Abraham now, we just got to know. You can just help me to serve him. Yeah, yeah. That is a prophet. Ask your neighbor. Come on, ask the neighbor. Say, you, I mean, I'm facing the choir now. It's not, you can't just be singing. Who are you? And what is the response? <laughs> Thank you. What is the response? What is the response? Ask your neighbor, say, are you a prophet? Are you an apostle? Are you a teacher? Are you an evangelist? Are you a pastor? Come on, I want answers. I'm not just asking you to ask for asking's sake. Because if you are truly Abrahamizing, you, you are one of those. When the centurion dazed the Lord Jesus Christ about the law of faith, the Lord went to the back end of that story and it made us to understand that the reason why the centurion was able to understand the law of faith was because he sat with Abraham. Have you read the back end of the story before? Because there was someone that <clears throat> the Lord said, I'm going to come to your house. And the guy said, don't come to my house. And I'm sure the Lord was looking at him and he was like, how did this guy come into this understanding that I'm offering to come into your house and you're asking me not to come? And the Lord now opened to us the back end of that story and made us to understand that what is going on here is that this guy sat with him. So it is best for you to start Abrahamizing. That means look at your life. Look at all the steps Abraham took. Every step Abraham took must be defined in your story and the extent to which your story aligns with the story of Abraham is the extent to which God is doing something significant with you look at your neighbor say you are a seed of Abraham maybe you can help your neighbor say you are the Abraham in Lagos now you are the modern day Abraham so all that is happening to you happened to Abraham so, so that is light. That means all that God is saying is that look at your story and pitch your story against the story of Abraham and see where you are. So that means it, was, it doesn't matter what you are going through. The moment you are able to find within the story of Abraham the representation of what you are going through now and you are able to take the step Abraham took then, then you realize that you have Abrahamized. 
So that is the beginning of the dealings of God. But this evening we want to look at David because the next significant light was David. But before we look at David again, it's amazing that even when people die, the first place they go to is Abraham's bosom. <laughs> Have you thought about that? So Lazarus died. Because some mindset cannot make it to heaven. After some people die, God will still have to reset the mindset. So he created a place that is called what? Abraham's bosom. So that people can be retrained. So that they will appreciate heaven. Because the way a lot of people live, they, they are here to maximize the benefits of redemption. And God cannot just allow them to go to heaven like that. So when Lazarus died, because while he was here, he did not enjoy the blessings of Abraham. He was a poor man. So in order for him to be heaven compliant, before he sees God, he has to pass through Abraham's bosom. So that Abraham can reschool him what he missed here, so that he can get there. <laughs> may, may that not be your story. That, that, by the time you get there, they will have to reschool you again. Because you have missed so much. Let's look at David. I mean, the story of David is one of the... This is household of David. So this is a good place to look at David. David is not just a light. David is an icon. It's amazing that the first human being to host the seed of Christ was Abraham. 14 generations after, the next significant older of the seed of Christ was David. Much more than Abraham, because everything about God is iterative and is incremental. So if Abraham manifested a dimension of Christ, within 14 generations, that dimension became matured and it was passed on to David. So it is okay for David to manifest deeper dimensions than Abraham because it gets better with God. Hallelujah. Why is the story of David different? So the next significant human being to manifest the seed of Christ was David. David. God was very comfortable with David. So what is it about David? Anybody and everybody can write <clears throat> different things about Jesus. And those things are correct. But if you really, really want to capture the essence of Christ himself, look at some of the things Christ said about himself. And one of the things Christ said about himself in the book of Revelation was that Jesus said, I am the root and the offspring of David. Think about it. That means Christ is saying everything about me is rooted in David. That means if you can understand David, you understand Christ. In the, in the Gospels, the best you get is that Christ was called the son of David. But in the book of Revelation, Christ went further than that. He said, I'm not just a son of David. I am the root. I am the offspring of David. And out of the seven churches, the Lord sent epistles to or wrote letters to, the only church he commended 
was the church at Philadelphia. How many of us remember that? And the Lord made us to understand one gift he was given to that church. What was that gift? So I'm going to give you the keys of David. So in the realm of the spirit, not only is Christ rooted in David, David is also a key. And Jesus said, with this key of David, once you shut a door, nobody can open it. And once you open a door, so what is it about David that is that powerful? That even when Christ is revealing himself, at the end of the book in Revelation, he's still identified with David. What is it about David? What is it about David that the greater portion of scripture was given to David? David's revelation, David's writing constitutes the greater portion of scripture. David wrote more than two-thirds of the Psalms. Why would one man be given almost 100 chapters in the entire Bible? What is it about the guy? I tell you, the first thing is the seed of Christ. And this is why God is trying to control your life. Because once you carry the seed of Christ, once God looks at you, and in the mind of God, you are also a carrier of that seed. And exactly that is what being born again did to every one of us. Then your story can no longer be your story. God will have to control the narrative. And that is what many of us call crisis. That is God trying to control the narrative. Because it is important once you are a carrier of the seed of Christ, then start looking at David. Because that's where, where, where the root of Christ is. And that is what explains to us Christ. Let me also say this, because this is also going to help somebody. <clears throat> the season we are living in, because of all the deeper things God is doing, the Davidic dimension, the Abrahamic dimension, there will be a lot of movements. And let me establish movements in Christ so that we can see that everything that is happening now happened also to Christ. When Christ was to be born, there was a movement within the nation. Why am I saying this? Because the Holy Spirit spoke to me as I was coming for this session that there are so many people, God is asking to move to another city. But they are finding it difficult to make the move because they do not know that such an example is rooted in Christ. Joseph and Mary were in Nazareth. Then a decree came from Caesar Augustus, remember? That everybody should be taxed. And they had to move. So this is the time God is going to ask some of us to move to Lagos. Some people listening to me online. And God is going to ask some of us to move outside of Lagos. When God is placing a demand on you to move, don't forget that is the beginning of the story of Abraham. God will always ask you to move. The movement can be geographical. The movement can also be a change of career. The movement can also be a change of business. So it's not, it's not everybody that God will say, leave Lagos. Some of you will still be in Lagos and God will say, start doing something different. The second side. So Christ did national movement from one state to another, from one city to another in the same country. When the seed of Christ was threatened after he was born, the movement was not national. The movement became international. Christ had to move to Egypt. So there are those this season. It's not Jabba. Forget, you see, you can call it Jabba, you can call it anything. But there are those 
that in order for the seed of Christ in you to be preserved, you must leave Nigeria. And when God is asking you to leave Nigeria, don't feel bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, so. <laughs> Pastor Abigail, you know what I'm saying, so. That people should not feel bad. There are, there are people, even ministers, who make people to feel bad that they want to leave the country. They, they make you to feel bad that if you, if you are running out of the country, it's because you don't have faith. No, it's not true. The question is, was it impossible for God to protect Christ in Israel? Why did God say go to Egypt? If, answer me. Was it that God could not protect him in Israel? Why did God speak to Joseph? He said, take this seat and run to Egypt. Now there's a third category. This is where there's problem. Because Christ manifested this third dimension too. Where you have to leave Egypt and come back to Israel. So there are those are brought now. God is saying return to Nigeria. <laughs> and some of them are listening to me online now. Why are you struggling abroad? It's because you are disobeying an instruction. Somebody particularly is listening now. And the Lord is saying, pack your bag and come back to Nigeria. Pastor Joshua, did Christ manifest the three? So God can say to you, move to Abuja or move to Adoekiti. We are not ready. <laughs> so God cannot say I do it. <laughs> because he's looking at you and he's saying you are in Lagos, but your destiny is in Adoikiti. As a matter of fact, that is the word for someone. And you know you are the one, you know. <laughs> because I'm just sent to confirm what God has been telling you. He's been telling you I do it. Is there anybody like that here? <laughs> that particularly, God has been speaking to you about Adoikiti. I know the person is here. Who is the person? Who are you? Let me see you. Because I need to pray for you. Come, 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 come. Amen. In fact, it's more than one person. I think you are three. There are two other people. Adoikiti in particular. Adoikiti. So my sister, pack your bag and go to Adoikiti. It's as simple as that. Who is the brother? There's a brother too. Adoikiti. Who are you? Is he the one? Come here. You, you know why? So that, so, so that people will see that we are not joking. All of you come. You see, you will go there. And the Lord will honor you. Because look at Abraham. Until he moved, so much did not happen. So when God is challenging you like this, it's because your story is about to start. Don't feel you are missing anything. You are not missing anything. Because 
Brother, there's an anointing coming on you now. You know, as I'm, as I'm, I can just see the hand of the Lord on you. And the Lord is saying, Oh, receive grace, receive grace, receive grace, receive grace, receive grace. My sister, to receive grace, the hand of the Lord is upon you. The hand of the Lord is upon both of you. Receive grace now. Receive grace, receive grace, receive grace. Yes, yes, Lord. Tonight is your night. Maybe we only came tonight because of both of you to commission you. Yes, yes. Just go back in peace. It is well with you in Jesus' name. So obey immediately and obey exactly. So the next time we're going to see you, be at Adoe Kitty. Something is waiting for you there. Hallelujah. So, that was why Christ manifested the three. So that if God is asking you to do any of the three, you can reference it in Christ. There are some of you, God will say, move back to your hometown. Please move. Because don't think it's only when you are in Lagos that something will happen. Those places some people are despising. There are billionaires there. Because some people just have to look at their lives. Even in Lagos, you have been there. You are just struggling. Is, is this all that God has in stock for you? There must be something more. And for some, go abroad. But if you are, if, if, if you are going abroad, make sure it's the Lord that spoke to you. And there are those abroad, God is saying, return to Nigeria. And don't begin to say, this is a wrong time to return. Because he makes everything beautiful in his time. Now let's get into David now. We said all that just to welcome ourselves to this evening session, right? So Christ is the seed of David. How do you pattern your life to make sure that everything about your life is Davidic? So in 1 Samuel 16, the Lord told Samuel, Oh God. Okay. Let me go this direction. The only thing Abraham did not have that David manifested is called kingship, kingdom. The best Abraham did was to meet Melchizedek, but Abraham himself did not become a king. So David was adding another dimension to that seed of Christ to complete the cycle. And that dimension is that he must reign. When we are looking at David, after this conference, what the Lord is challenging you and I about is the need to reign. And if you are going to reign in God after the order of David, you cannot just be a king. You, you must be a king and at the same time a priest and at the same time a prophet. 
And that is the big difference between David and Saul. Saul and Solomon were kings who were never priests. And you see how Saul ended. So that means if you want to start reigning in God and you are not a man after the heart of God, it's just a question of time. You are going to be defeated. So in Abraham, we see the faith walk. But in David, we see a heart after God. Because without a heart after God, your faith equation is not complete. It's still missing. There are still missing elements there. So it is important for all of us to understand that after this conference, one of the lights God is revealing to us is the story of David. So you do well to study the story of David again and look at yourself and say, where am I in this Davidic episode, in this Davidic framework? Can I really say that I'm manifesting some of the things that God manifested in David? And that shows the extent to which you are ready to manifest the seed of Christ. But let's look at two things because of time and close. Let's look at David from the perspective of the anointing because that's the perspective the Lord wants me to talk about this evening. David was anointed four times. Why you say four times? And each of the anointings, every one of them is very, very significant. Number one, David was anointed by God. Number two, anointed by Samuel. Number three, anointed by men of Judah. Number four, anointed by the elders of Israel. You see, those four levels of the anointing in the life of David is typical in the life of every believer. That means if God doesn't anoint you, it doesn't matter who is trying to anoint you, it's none and void. I have found David my servant, and with my holy oil have I anointed him. Look at me. The anointing of God, this is very, very important, is to develop you in obscurity. Look, everybody's looking for platform. Like, like Pastor Shula was talking about Oluwa BC now. Like he said, we've known him way back from those days in Abogda and how you are not pushing yourself to... Because a lot of people don't know how to handle obscurity. When God anoints you, that is the time you kill the lion and the lamb and the bear. I beg your pardon. And, and when you are killing the lion and the bear, nobody must know. Because that anointing is to preserve you. But unfortunately, the moment a lot of people begin to sense the anointing, they are looking for platform. That is why you will do well to go and read the story of David again. That when God anoints you, preparation begins. That is not the time to start putting yourself on social media and trying to be popular. Because if you do that, there are deeper dimensions in God you will never come into. And it's just a question of time. Life will ask, ask you some difficult questions and you won't have answers. Imagine the level of anointing on the top of David, on the head of David. And all that David was just doing was serving and keeping his father's sheep. 
that first level of anointing, listen to me, household of David. If you are not serving in church in any capacity, and all you do is just to attend church every Sunday, then you don't understand the purpose of that first anointing. Because the purpose of that first anointing is to serve in the sheepfold. And this church is offering an amazing opportunity. This is a sheepfold. Because whenever God is looking for kings, he doesn't go to the palace. He goes to the sheepfold. Because that is where the most anointed people are serving. Look at all these brothers, protocol, ushering. These guys with us making things happen, the people behind the camera. Mark my word. Look at some of them in another 10 years. It will amaze you where they will be. Because as they are serving, that, that is the manifestation of the anointing. Look at choir. But if you just come to church and you are doing big Lagos boy, and all you do is to sit down, attend, and give. No, you don't understand the purpose of that first anointing. That first anointing is to help you to undo relative obscurity. Where you are doing so much for God, you are serving, you are the backside of the desert, you are killing the lion, you are killing the bear, you have integrity. Look, Pastor Joshua, killing the lion and killing the bear for David was not because the lion took five lambs. One. David ran after lion just for taking one. Only for him to go the following day, bear came. It wasn't that the bear attacked the whole head. The bear only took one. And David said, even this one, you will not have it. So it's called serving with integrity of heart. Serving when nobody is watching. When God is the only audience. Because different people can serve. And, and I'm saying that. It's only to those of us who are serving in church, like choir, like all the units. Are you serving to just do eye service? Or you are serving with integrity of heart that even when nobody is watching, you have the understanding that God is watching. And you are serving. And you are serving. And yet you are anointed. Look at the second anointing. Samuel came to town. And out of all the sons of Jesse, the only one they did not invite was David. How do you feel when you are being rejected? Because you now see that the purpose of this anointing is to treat you how to handle rejection. How, how will you feel? Now, if you were to be you, Think about it. Everyone here were to be you. Prophet came to town. You are actually the one the prophet was sent to. And your father invited every other person and did not invite you. And that day, this is why we need to be careful. Brother Mola, that day, most people here if were to be there. You would have labeled Samuel a false prophet. Because you can imagine at the level of Samuel, he missed it like five times. Samuel stood. This was Samuel. How, how do we judge prophecy today? If we were to be today on social media, somebody would have said Samuel is a, is, a, is a false prophet. Because Samuel said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. What, what does it mean for a prophet to say surely? And at the end of the day, surely he was not the Lord's anointed. So social media will go 
Fira. Prophet Samuel is a false prophet, right? But there was something God told Samuel that we must learn from. God said, Samuel, God does not see as man sees. So how do you see as a man? He said, man looks at what? Outward appearance. But God looks where? And God said about Eliab, David's brother, he said, I have refused him. I have rejected him. Not that I am. He said, I have. Past tense. That means the same thing that qualified David's heart was also what disqualified his brother's heart. He said, because man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks where? At the heart. And that is why I don't know I'm talking to those who are serving in the house. Like our protocol brother and everybody. Look, outwardly, it might appear as if we are serving. But if the heart is not there, 10 years down the line, you will say, I was in the protocol unit. And God will say, I didn't see you there. Because your heart was not there. That means people serve with motives. And you cannot afford to do that in the house of God. At the end of the day, it doesn't pay anybody. So don't waste your time. This house is offering us excellent opportunity to connect with that dimension of David. So God said, I've refused him. So go on social media and say, Samuel is a fake prophet. He missed it the first time. Missed it the second time again. Then Samuel said, are these all your sons? Uh, Jesse now said, there's still one. Somebody said, there's still one. Jesse now said, there's still one. And, I mean, you can imagine. Let's appreciate <laughs> Reverend Tule Ballantyne. Amen. Thank you, sir. God bless, sir. You're welcome, sir. All right. <clears throat> so one of the fathers of the body of Christ in Nigeria. Praise God. And one of our progenitors in University of Ibadan. For those who are privileged to go to UI. You see what I mean? <laughs> Amen. So, okay, I was, I was preaching to uh, Brother Damola. So Samuel missed it. Pastor, I was telling them, I said, in the house of Jesse, if people were to be there today, they would have labeled Samuel a, a fake prophet. Because within five minutes, Samuel missed it like five times. And yet, he was a prophet of God. Eliab stood. Samuel said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. And surely he was not the Lord's anointed. But look at eventually David was brought in. Let me tell you something about God. And that is the root of Christ. Because it's rooted in David. It does not matter when it is your time to manifest. Even the elders will not sit down. They will have to send for you. <laughs> so stop, stop lobbying. See, lobbying is a sign that it's not yet your turn. Imagine the only one they did not invite to the service was the one this prophet came for. <laughs> Imagine, I'm sure David was just having a nice time. And somebody just came and said, your father is calling, your father is calling. And I'm sure David would be like, I'm having a nice time here. Why, why are they calling me? 
Only for him to show up. The moment he showed up, God told Samuel, this is he. Anoint him. Anoint him. This is he. So, what is the purpose of this second anointing? The purpose of this second anointing is to know how to behave when you are anointed but not yet appointed. Did you hear what I said? And that is why young people must be careful. You can be anointed but not yet appointed. Because here was Samuel pouring oil on the head of David as the next king of Israel. And for the next 16 years, Saul was still king. How do you explain some things in God? Why did God not wait the night Saul died for Samuel to go and anoint David? Would that make sense? Why would David be anointed as a king in waiting? And only for David again to make it to the palace to start serving the one he was anointed to replace. Let me tell you something. And that is why a lot of young ministers are missing it. If there is a doctrine that is wrong in the church, if you are anointed to replace anything that is wrong, anything that is not of God, you don't come to replace it by fighting if you start fighting, you are not Davidic. Because at the end of the day, some people are just fighting some needless battles. Imagine the moment Saul pour, I mean Samuel poured head on the oil on the head of David, it was clear. The Bible says the spirit of God departed from Saul. So, so we're not joking here. And an evil spirit started tormenting him. And guess what? One of his servants said, Look, this evil spirit is tormenting you. And the way to get out of this is to find someone that can play well. Look at me, everyone. How did the shepherd boy, Sister Essie, now become a major player on the app? Talk about multitasking. And that is why this is the time to build capacity. You can't just be doing one thing. You need to be challenged by God to, to, to challenge yourself. So, so that means David while keeping the sheep was also learning how to play musical instrument and that's why you see some of the psalms David will say to the chief musician on an instrument of ten strings how did this young boy from shepherding now he's playing musical instrument and from there one day in the book of psalms he wrote he said blessed be God that teach my hand to war he said by my God I can run through a troop by my God I can leap over a wall and, and look at the CV of David Let's read the city of David and, and we close. Um, so I can close this session. Hallelujah. Were you blessed at all? <laughs> all right. Amen. Let's, let's read the CV of David. Hallelujah. Verse 17, 1 Samuel 16. Because I want to also help some sisters there. So you know the kind of man you can marry. <laughs> All these single sisters, listen. Saul said to his servant, provide me now a man who can play well. To become Davidic, you can be average. Whatever you are doing, you must play well. That means it must be palace grade. The palace is not looking for mediocrity. There are too many people who are mediocre. Move on. 
Then one of the servants said, Look, it's amazing, Sister Essie. Whether you like it or not, once you start serving with integrity, somebody is looking. Do you know that was how David got the final anointing? All along, the elders of Israel were looking at David, but they didn't say anything. But one day, the elders now said, even when Saul was king, it was you that led Israel out and brought Israel in. And they said to him, and the Lord your God said to you, that means all along the and, and that's the beautiful thing about elders. Elders don't rush things. They'll be looking at you, watching you for 10 years, watching you for 15 years before they even invite you. They're watching. Look at what Pastor Ola said about Ulua Nibisi. He's been watching. Now he's invited him. Now he's here. That is what the elders do. Because the elders of Israel knew David was going to be the next king. But they didn't rush the process. They said, even when Saul was king, he was you. So we knew all along. We're just waiting to be sure you are that guy. And that takes time. Look at it. I've seen the son of Jesus in Bethlehem. Who is what? Let's read together. So you can't just play. You must be skillful in play. Number two. Number three. A man of war, and yet he never fought a single battle. How did they know that he was a man of war? Potentially, he carried that grace. Because David himself said, while he at the backside, God taught my hands to war and my fingers to battle. Move on. Prudent in speech. How do you know a choice young man who is going somewhere? You don't talk anyhow. You are prudent in speech. What? I'm sure the ladies like that. <laughs> so now you, the Lord is not against being handsome. Is that? We are gathering requirements now. Handsome man. And look at the most important one. And the Lord is what? So the purpose of this anointing is to serve. I will have to wrap it up now. So that... We can yield the platform to one of the fathers that God has sent our way. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be a great one. Have you been blessed? So, household of David, I have brought a message to make you Davidic. <laughs> because this is the house that should manifest this message more than any other house in this country. Because this is your name. So please learn from this and optimize it. Shall we rise up this evening? Just one prayer. I have found David my servant and with my holy oil I have anointed him. I have anointed him. There is so much to unpack but because of time I want you to pray in the spirit just for one minute as I take my seat just pray in the spirit for one minute to, to seal everything you've heard tonight thank you father Thank you for listening to this message. To find out more about the Household of David, visit our website www.householdofdavid.org 
You can also follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Mixlr. Or join us for one of our services at Praise Sanctuary, number 7 Surulere Industrial Road off Adeni Jones, Ikeja, Lagos. God bless you.